Hello, Superstructure listeners. We have a little bit of a special treat today, uh, a little bonus episode, as today is kind of a momentous occasion. Um, Ayanna Presley, her office just released a job guarantee resolution, and um, I figured there's no better person to talk to about this than Andres Bernal. Um, so, Andres, welcome, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's uh, such an exciting day and occasion, so uh, such an historic moment, so um, just full of excitement. Likewise. Um, so let's dig in. So I think most of our listeners will know what a job guarantee is, but can you perhaps set the stage for us? So this is coming from Presley's office, but what are the linkages and how this is sort of connecting up on the left? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is the this is this is the end result, I think, um, of a lot of work from a lot of different people who have been um, building up to this moment. Um, it's very historic because um, this resolution really represents and explicitly does so the unfinished work of the civil rights movement. It represents the economic bill of rights of the New Deal and the work that was won and done there. And um, for many decades, we've kind of just like forgotten about this idea of guaranteed full employment and the right to a job. Uh, So this is momentous because it kind of brings that back and it has introduced a resolution into the U.S. Congress. Um, So that's that's huge in and of itself. Um, The resolution has these kind of three foundational pillars to it. Uh, On one hand, it is about the legal right to a job. So that means in the same way that we recognize, you know, children's right to a public education in this country, no matter what, we also want to say that anybody that um, wants a job that is seeking employment and cannot get it has the legal right to get one from the United States government. And that means that they also have the right to, uh, to sue in court if they're not provided with that right. Um, so that's, that's critically important. Um, it's kind of saying that while rights themselves are not you know, the end all, be all, the final story on accomplishing and building a new kind of power, new kinds of institutions or things like that, it is, it is a fundamental aspect of that. Um, so in that sense, you know, it's huge as well. Uh, the second pillar is public money. And this means that this resolution, which I, you know, I mentioned earlier that um, this was kind of the, the conclusion of a lot of work, but that, of course, as we know, opens up new pathways now to continue that work, right? So that was kind of like a phase. And now we're, we're moving forward and working towards a lot of different people are working towards the bills um, that are going to be a part or the bill that's going to be a part of this this resolution, um, to basically say that this is going to come from public money. It's not going to be something that we're going to be debating about where do we find revenue, um, what do we have to cut, um, and getting into these like really destructive dead ends around public budgets because as we all know, you know from, from the macroeconomic lens of modern monetary theory, we understand that we can uh, afford based on need. Um, based on the the need for jobs um, and then that's how we're going to do it and we're going to deal with whatever kinds of uh, you know policy and offsets need to happen on the back end 
of this. Um, but we're just going to go ahead and, and finance as needed. And then the last, the, the kind of third and last point is public jobs. That means that this program is not going to be about, you know, subsidizing or incentivizing the private sector to provide things. This is about direct public employment and um, opening up the, the space for that to be a hetero, heterogeneous endeavor um, and something that is done for the public good which means that we are not dependent on uh, profits for this. And we can then kind of open up our political imaginations to think about, well, what other quote-unquote return on investments might we want if we don't need financial ones? So that means environmental returns, community returns, social returns, justice returns, all of this sort of thing. So those are kind of the three, the three pillars of what we're working with. And this resolution provides that overall framework uh, to assert that Unemployment is a huge problem. It's a social justice problem. It's a racial justice problem, a gender justice problem, a class issue. It's something that is chronic. It's something that has devastating effects on communities, but we don't have to allow it to continue. It is something that we can get rid of. And what I love about your summary too is the way, you know, it emphasizes like doing multiple things at once, which acts to open space, right? The space for inclusion, this non-zero-sum vision of money, of this sort of intersectional vision of identity that is non-zero-sum, and that all comes together in a bill that that really can provide a foundation, right, a, a floor for future um, participation, activism, and and organizing for transformation. And you know, the the there's a big theme that we've sort of explored since the very beginning of this show, which is what it looks like after Bernie, right? After Bernie's run, what it looks like for the left to really be critical and be active and 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 you know, and and operating at in the both the positive and the negative spaces at once. Um and I think it's important to suggest that this job guarantee resolution is a sort of you know, opening salvo, perhaps one could say, for the post-Bernie moment as what a vision for transformation could look like that, as you're suggesting, really taps into the history in the United States of you know, radical organizing, right? And the radical black tradition. And so, it, you know, also to point to then thinking about the way we want to analytically situate the job guarantee in a Green New Deal, in this fight for... Um, environmental justice and and you know the relationship between human justice and environmental justice and not seeing them in contradictory terms the job guarantee is importantly a tenant of the green new deal and and providing this historical document and introducing it to congress is a crucial at least on my reading a crucial moment for thinking future right really thinking future and thinking and imagining what we can do to not only mitigate harm but build a new world yeah absolutely i mean this in in kind of a really interesting way is is also a part of the evolution that in the modern day we can say uh started with occupy wall street and then inspired the bernie movement which was really important to so many of us um, on the progressive side of things, on the left, on the democratic left, the, the social justice intersectional left. Um, and that, you know, we were, we were, we were hurt and, and 
you know, felt a, a sense of loss when when he lost those two primaries. And this is a reminder that, you know, we're not out for the count, that we're just getting started. Um, and we have this long-term vision. And I think that's really important to understand. And so, you know, the resolution has these different aspects. You know, I, there's there's three to, that stand out to me. I, I, I like that number three today, you know, because, you know, <laughs> good things come in threes, as, as sometimes that's they right. say. <laughs> uh, so the, the political figure of Ayanna Presley, I think is really important here because she represents the the dimension of black women leadership, which has been such a, an important factor in making progress in this country, right? And mm-hmm. um, and and she kind of really grounds that uh, th- that idea both in her leadership and also in the 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 kind of urgency that we have to meet the needs of black women in this country that represents such an important social justice um, um, dimension. With, with that said, uh, Presley is also a figure that I think understands this, this tension and this creative tension between generativity, like creating, and also organizing, uh, you know, power and leverage or whatever we want to call it, right? So she... I think is a figure in Congress that really sees this forward looking like big policy vision kind of thing and then can work with the different social movements and the different organizations to be on the other side of that as well, it, looking for some kind of alignment. And that's that's really important. Um, and at the same time, this resolution isn't only about this, that, or, or what Presley represents explicitly, not to reduce the political figure of Ayanna Presley to that alone either, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a both and. And mm-hmm. so then we create space for other movements to get involved, for other visions to get involved, other priorities, both that that uh, the congresswoman has and that the people that she's working with and the different social movements that are working with have as well to kind of do that difficult work of finding that that integral perspective. So I think that's that's really important. Then there's the, 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 the critical aspect of the job guarantee that based in public money, the federal government provides the standards, right? So we're talking about a living wage and above. We're talking about public money so that, we're, you know, we don't leave people hanging. Uh, and it opens up the different regional and local needs that exist that are different, that are qualitatively different, different kinds of jobs different kinds of, of, you know, community um, struggles and needs at hand, right? Those things don't become in contradiction. We can allow, you know, the best of the nonprofit sector, right? That's, we know, we know it's far from perfect, but it's doing a lot of important things as well. We allow them to be part of the conversation. We allow social movements and community organizations to be a part of the conversation. We allow, you know, the best of municipal and state uh, electoral politics to get involved in providing ideas for jobs, in uh, providing that infrastructure, and obviously providing the data and the information about what's needed to do. So that's also really, really key as well. You know, and then I guess you know, I, I already alluded to this, but the public money uh, is such a critical part of this as well, um, because we know that that we can always afford it uh, financially as long as we have the resources. So this program is designed to do exactly that to be based on or grounded on um, 
the capacity that we have for to do things. And uh, in my opinion, that's pretty limitless. And and importantly, too, the fulcrum of public money allows us to build more capacity, right? Right. And to and to really think about how we can reorient through production the production system itself. And so, like, you know, with Texas sort of hovering what's going on there with the blackouts and the climate catastrophe that's happening, um, like hovering over this, we can really think about the way production begets capacity, begets affordance of difference begets more production right and and this this mechanism for for moving forward and transforming and and abolishing unjust systems this is how you know specifically also the way we on this show have been really you know activating ourselves intellectually and and organizing around these questions this is how we're thinking about uh, a really a movement towards something new, right? And and you know, Scott Fergus and I just recorded a sort of long discussion about this double movement of critiquing and not not resting on what is, right? This sort of negative movement f- forward with this positive insistence upon the possibility of what is in order to project forward. A, a sort of an essence of what could be. And uh, this job guarantee is a, is a crucial component of this vision. And, it, and it's one that I think, you know, now that it exists, it's, it is, um, it is something that, that needs to really hit the left in, in, in the sort of imaginative center of their brain. And, and so that people can really think with what it means to have ownership over the means of the means of production. Right. And and that's, you know, that's at least sitting sitting relatively on the outside of this process. That's that's my main takeaway. Yeah, it's like critical policy theory in action. Yep. Right. And and yep. such a big theme of, of of what we're seeing is overcoming these unhelpful oppositions that, you know, you all on the show uh, and, and myself as well uh, sometimes call zero sum politics or zero sum approaches um, a key example of that, and you know, people get so hung up on this um, production begetting production thing. It, you know, they'll bring up inflation is brought up all the time, mm-hmm. and 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 it's kind of a leap sometimes for people to be to understand that, like, oh wait, when you invest in something, you create something new, and it's not the same mm-hmm. capacity you had when you started off with. Uh, and the other important thing, or the other you know, opposition that we're overcoming here is that like development and growth is not um, fixed on extraction or exploitation. We're talking about sustainable development and growth here, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's a huge move there. Um, the, the, and, and then lastly, I think like getting over, as you alluded to before, this, this tension between like, do we have to address racial justice issues or focus on class issues? Um, do we have to think quote unquote materially or should we pay attention to culture? Well, you know, it, it, it turns out that we can do all at once. It turns out that when we, when we understand that the, the, the conditions that we have today and the economy, the society that we have today was already planned in the past, right? 
the investments and the decisions that were, were already made. And so therefore we can make commitments to all kinds of things about the future and get that process going um, to engage in different struggles and issues at once, right? Leveraging our ability to build that kind of social and cultural infrastructure in different ways. So, you know, mm -hmm. we're thinking of Texas, that, you know, it, it, hit, it hits close to home, uh, having grown up in Texas and my family's there right now, a lot of my friends are experiencing these blackouts and don't have power. Um, and right, like it's funny because the, the GOP's instinctive reaction was to blame the Green New Deal, which really shows like that, that they see that as a legitimate threat to their political power. Mm -hmm. um, they know the potential of the Green New Deal um, to completely transform Texas politics and politics in the South as we know it. Um, but but in doing show, it, it, you know, we've really kind of seen the way that uh, Texas has dismantled their infrastructure. That they have rejected this kind of dependence that the entire country rests on, right? Interdependence, and we see this in the energy grid. That mm -hmm. that Texas arbitrarily said, no, we don't want that. We're going to just privatize and allow profit interests and capitalist interests, etc., to be controlling uh, in control of our energy um and we and we're seeing what happens there right and a lot of things a lot of the conversations in like my hometown for example are about jobs are about um the political leaders instilling fear in people that they are the only ones that can bring jobs and that means only fossil fuel jobs that means only border patrol or or you know security state surveillance state jobs or um, that means prisons, which is you know part of that that whole system, and and um, and then people feel like they have nowhere else to go, and that's what they should strive to do, right? So it's an artificial it's artificial scarcity, and it's uh, these artificial oppositions that are imposed on people. So this policy really kind of breaks that open and says, look 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 what's already happening, the the ga the natural gas and the fossil fuel infrastructure is already collapsing. People are already losing their jobs. Those jobs aren't coming back. Um, we are seeing increased social tensions um, amongst people because of, of the expansion of policing in the security state. People need care. People need care. People need sustainable communities. Um, people need education. All, all, all of these things are so important. And I mean education in a, in a like much broader sense um, than just like any single one thing. Uh, culture. You and I have so many friends that are artists or in the arts that have been hit so hard by this pandemic. And, you know, my heart goes out to those in Texas as well, who not only are fighting the pandemic, but are also fighting a, a, a once in a, a lifetime blizzard and, and snowstorm and freeze um, and also are fighting unemployment. And mm -hmm. this is it. It brings it, it, it brings the possibility of addressing all of these different things um, together. So. Yeah, building that renewable infrastructure across Texas, um, you know, investing in care, investing in meeting human needs, expanding educational infrastructures, building culture, getting people to perform, to do their work, to do their arts. Like, you know, Texas has such a vibrant music and artistic history and present. Uh, so it's investing in that so that, uh, you know, we, we, can, we can foster and grow like the future that that we all maybe don't know what it what it is right now but like it's something in the works i can think of a no better place to leave this conversation andres thanks so much for coming on the show 
thank you so much for having me and uh, what an exciting time. Love you.